Did you know that historically speaking, pregnant women have been excluded from clinical trials of new drugs? And rightfully so, because of the immense ethical concerns of exposing an unborn baby to unnecessary danger. Now, in our day, a time where there is so little respect for unborn life, there is a push to test new drugs on pregnant women. But recently, and also not so recently, there are stories that have emerged that prove that we are better off being very hesitant to jump on board these bandwagons. You probably know a little of what I'm referring to, but maybe not all. So let's get started and I'll fill you in. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Have you gone over to Apple Podcasts and left me a review yet? Or maybe whatever other app that you listen to this show on, but something about Apple Podcasts algorithm, somehow that helps us the most when it comes to getting found by new mamas. But I digress. If you haven't left us a review yet, and by us, I mean me, if you haven't left me a review yet, I'd love for you to go leave me one. I wanted to read you this one that Lex O left me. She, I'm assuming that she, she said, I'm so happy I came across this podcast. I was searching for something else, can't remember what, and I saw the title of this podcast and gave it a try, and now I'm hooked. This is exactly what I was looking for without even knowing I needed it. I've had many long car rides alone for work recently, and I'm filling them with listening to the wonderful information Lori has to share. My husband and I are hoping to start a family in the near future, so I'm trying to learn as much as I can. I pray I can have a natural birth. Lori's podcast has already taken so many of my fears away about pregnancy, birth, etc. Thank you, Lori, for sharing all that you can to the group of future mamas out there listening to your podcast. Thank you, Lex, for taking the time to leave that. You just don't know what that does for me. I just I just smile every time, and it's not because I think, oh, yes, I'm that great, because I don't. I don't think that at all. I just, I'm thankful that God has allowed me this platform to help so many mamas in so many ways. And I hope, Lex, that when you are finally blessed with your babies for the family that you want to have. I hope that the information that you've learned here is going to help you. I'm sure that it will. And I hope that anybody who has not left me a review yet, who's listening right now, will just push pause for a quick second. Go take maybe 30 seconds or a minute. Tell me what you think. It helps me so much. It encourages me so much. And it helps other mamas find me. Just like Lex said, she was looking for something else. And it came up in her search and she decided to try it out. Well, that's how 
I find new mamas and that's how new mamas find me. And so your reviews cause me to show up in searches maybe that I wouldn't have showed up in before. So thank you for helping me with that. I just want to help as many mamas as I can. Okay, so let's get on to our topic for today. I'm sure that many of you have heard the term thalidomide. Raise your hand if you have. Just kidding, I can't see you. You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> thalidomide was a drug that came, back, came out back in the 50s, and its initial use was not for pregnancy, but it came to be found that it could help moms, pregnant moms, with nausea. And so over time, pregnant mothers began taking this more and more. Well, with time, it came to be discovered that thalidomide was causing many women to have babies with malformed limbs, along with several other birth defects. But the one that was most noticeable visibly were those limbs that were either far too short, sometimes attached to the body, lots of bad things. This was a cautionary tale to us now that a drug that is not necessarily proven safe, that just because it becomes popular and just because a lot of people are doing it does not mean that it's something that needs to be done. And often it is many years down the road before the full effects can be seen. There are a lot of similar situations sadly going on now in our world and it seems in many ways they're accelerated. An example, currently the recommendation is if you're pregnant that you receive a Tdap shot every pregnancy. Tdap is a combination of vaccinations. The main one that they're giving you or giving it to you for when you're pregnant is the pertussis because everybody's terrified of whooping cough. And rightfully so, it's scary when a baby gets whooping cough. But it's a also very rare situation. And to prevent this very rare situation, we are treating all moms in a way that has not in any way been studied. In general, it's recommended that you get a Tdap shot every 10 years for most people. And yet, it's recommended that every mom get one every pregnancy. Now, for most mamas that are having more than one baby, they're having those babies within a 10-year span. So that means they're getting more and more of the ingredients in these shots. Now, we won't even argue about whether they, quote, work or not, because that's not really the point. Whether or not they work is really inconsequential because the extra ingredients in there can produce cumulative effects when they're given too close together. And we're giving moms with unborn babies in their tummies doses of things like aluminum and thimerosal, thimerosal is mercury, that have not been studied in any way, and nor would you really want them to. But we do know that these substances have detrimental effects, especially when they, are, when they build up over time, cumulatively. 
Then let's move on to one of the most recent ones that's going on. COVID, the COVID vaccine. I don't know if you've heard about all the Pfizer documents that are out now. And they tried their best to keep them under lock and key for 75 years. That ought to be your first clue that there's something to be hidden. But they didn't succeed. And there is a group of volunteers who have been weeding through these Pfizer documents to see what they knew and putting it in language that normal non-medical people can understand. Did you know that Pfizer knew as early as 2021, but probably much earlier than that, that there was a known danger to mothers and babies who took this experimental treatment? And yet, they continue to push this drug and continue even to this day to push this on all people, including pregnant women. Did you know that the CDC went on a campaign after this was known to push it? And did you know even further that the CDC gave ACOG, the American College of Obstetrics, excuse me, American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, that's a mouthful, They gave them $11 million to push the vaccine on pregnant women because ACOG is a trusted organization and people see it as an authority. And the CDC and Pfizer and anybody else behind this shot knew that it was a trusted organization and that people were going to need to hear about this from trusted sources. We, as pregnant women, continue to be, I I don't even know the terms to use. Guinea pigs seems too kind. It's the ethical situation of all of the substances, drugs, if you want to call them that, whatever, that are pushed on us, that put our babies in grave danger. It's, it's disgusting. Let's just use that term. So what do you do? How do you navigate this? First of all, recognize fear is everywhere. And without fear, you would never consider taking these things. If the fear campaign about COVID was not spun up to the level that it was to make you think that this was the only way to protect yourself, you would have never considered it because it didn't seem needed. But because of the fear aspect that was built up, many people chose to trust these organizations that they thought would never lead them astray. They couldn't understand why they would want to. Unfortunately, we live in a time that there really aren't many organizations that can be trusted. And so you have to learn to think critically for yourself. So what I want to do is I want to go into six things or six ways, six questions you can ask yourself to decide whether something is a good choice for you, like a new experimental thing, a new drug, whatever the case may be. First question to ask yourself, has this been studied? Almost always, the answer is going to be no, because in most cases, it cannot be. 
There are ethical laws in place that prevent studies from being done on pregnant people because of the harm that can be done to the baby. It's not about being unfair to moms in any way. It is about being fair to the baby. I don't care what anybody thinks, that baby is a person and it cannot give its own consent. It should not be exposed to unnecessary risk. And unfortunately, these ethical concerns have been tossed by the wayside in favor of profit and just, I, I don't even want to get into the motives because it just makes me angry, but I think you know what I mean. Most drugs can't and haven't been studied. So that ought to be your first clue. You don't really know if they're safe. Number two, do I even really need this? And this one's going to require you to take a step back and maturely evaluate yourself because pregnancy brings discomforts. But most of those discomforts are temporary and yeah, they're uncomfortable and they're inconvenient, but they're really not that bad in the grand scheme of things because they are temporary. Are you just uncomfortable? Or are you truly in danger? If you're truly in danger, then maybe something needs to be done. But if you're just uncomfortable or scared, is that a reason to put your baby at risk? Are you scared just because of a perceived risk? It's hard sometimes to really weed through it all to know whether you really should be scared of something or not. And that's certainly been the case the last three years or so or four years. I don't know how long it's been going on. It's hard to know what's real and what's not. But when you get into the fact that we now know that things were being pushed on us that people knew were harmful and they just ignored it and pushed it anyway, you've got to stop automatically trusting what you see on the evening news or commercials or anywhere else. People are in things to make money and to profit. And when money is involved and power is involved, it's very unwise to trust the people that are gaining that power and that money from your choice. Number three, what does the person pushing this on me stand to gain? And I kind of just touched on that. Is the study that you're looking at funded by pharmaceutical companies or some entity that perhaps is a parent company of that pharmaceutical company? Sometimes you really got to dig to even figure out what these organizations really are and these foundations really are but if you keep on following that money track you eventually find that the people who are funding the studies are also the same people who stand to gain from them what about the pharmaceutical reps did they bring your obstetrician a nice lunch and tons of promo pins and notepads and cool stuff so that they would then prescribe this drug to you does the government tell them if they don't get a certain number of people to take it, that they won't receive full reimbursement. That was a big eye opener for me when I was uh, practicing as a midwife. And if I didn't ask every mom about a certain shot, then I would get reprimanded, reprimanded because I hadn't put that check in that box 
And that would keep the office from being fully reimbursed if a certain percentage weren't offered something. The government was dictating that. This is a real thing, y'all. It is a real thing, and it's a big reason why I didn't want to stay in practice for companies that took government reimbursement because it's not ethical to involve this financial gain over your medical decisions. Medical decisions should be based on what the person actually needs, not what money they're going to make if they give them one certain drug or the other. Number four, is there another safer way? Remember that non-treatment is a viable option. You get to decide what risk you're willing to take, and you really need to give a lot of weight to the baby's risk as well, since you, as that baby's mama, are the one to protect him or her until they're big enough to protect themselves. Is your comfort worth a potential injury to them? In the case of thalidomide, of course, the moms didn't know it at the time, but they were taking a drug that was physically harming their babies so that they wouldn't be sick to their stomach. Now, we all know that nausea is awful. I get that. It's uncomfortable, but is it worth putting a baby in possible danger? Nausea is actually a reassuring sign because if you're nauseous, that means your pregnancy is still there and it's progressing. It's actually kind of a bad sign if the nausea drops off normally because that means that your HCG has probably dropped and you may have had a miscarriage. So while it's uncomfortable and nobody really wants to be nauseous, and I get all that, is it actually worth numbing it just so that we can feel better, potentially then risking our baby's health? There are other drugs that are currently available on the market that are very heavily pushed and they're not safe. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to go into the specifics today. I want you to learn to dig. But there's one in particular that lots and lots of moms are given when other things don't work and they take it and they take it and they take it and it is not proven safe. Number five. Have I talked to God about this and what does his word say? No, we may not have a chapter in the Bible that says you should take this or you should not take that. That'd be nice, but we don't have that. But, what, but our creator, he's alive and he is able to help guide us. Why do we neglect to ask him to help us discern and make things clear? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, talks about our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit. We should not tarnish or mar that temple. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that things like vaccines cause our body's immune systems to malfunction rather than function optimally as he created them to do to protect us. He gave us an immune system that when we properly nourish it, it protects us. But when we put harmful toxins into our bodies, it doesn't work right. And vaccines very often are one of these toxins. Yes, I said that. They are toxic. 
Many of them also contain fetal cells of another human. And those cells are injected into us in a way that is believed to potentially lead to autoimmune problems. Well, what do we see rampant today in our culture? Autoimmune disorders. But what else is rampant? Everybody is getting some shot for something all the time. Sometimes it's hard to discern whether the technology that we have, these different medications and everything, whether they're here as a blessing or as a curse. I know it's hard to weed through it. So you need to do some real deep study and reading before you decide anything. You need to own your own health care and stop trusting. Stop trusting. That's one of the reasons why I don't want to go into telling you you should do this or you shouldn't do that because I want you to own it. I want you to dig and learn for yourself what is out there and whether it's good for you based on your own knowledge and what God guides you to. Because if I tell you and then something happens, then it's my fault and you're mad at me and you can transfer that blame in a way that is not healthy for you because you still have to pay for the, for the results. But when you really start to learn, first of all, the learning alone is gonna make a lot of your decision. But when you own your decisions, there is a empowerment there, a self-responsibility to where, you know what, this is the thing they're offering me. This is the list of risks. This is the list of benefits. And I can decide for myself if the benefits that I may gain are worth the risk that I'll have to take. It's empowering and it's what you need to do to make sure that you make good decisions for yourself. You must evaluate bias though. You got to weed through that bias and figure out if what you're reading is covering up problems just to get you to use it. And that goes back to me talking about the studies that are funded by the pharmaceutical companies. Very often, if you get into the hows and the whys of the study, they've left certain groups out or maybe changed their study model as time went on because they started to see certain things and they didn't want that to show. So they cover it up. You're going to have to learn how to weed through that. Number six, could properly nourishing his temple, your body, be a better alternative? And could saying no be the best way to go? And I'm going to tell you that especially in pregnancy, almost always no is a good viable choice. When you feed your body real whole food that is unprocessed, and organic as close to its original source as possible, harvested as fresh as possible, your body can operate like the well-oiled machine God designed it to be. When you focus on supporting his design rather than working against it, it works well. When you look to his creation to find remedies, things tend to work better there's lots of remedies out there that have been used over centuries. They're not synthetic chemicals made in a lab. They're things he gave us in nature. And honestly, a lot of times, not only do they work better, but if you look at the active ingredients in a lot of these synthetic drugs, they use those natural things from nature 
but they just change a little thing here or there to be able to patent it so that then they can charge you an astronomical price for the same healing that you can get in your backyard. There are very few situations that I'm convinced have a better outcome doing it the world's way than trusting God and waiting on Him. Rushing into pretty much anything, really in any aspect of life, but especially this one, rushing into something, it's a bad plan because you tend to miss things when you're in a hurry. Remember that every commercial on the evening news with some lawyer looking for people that were harmed by this drug or that drug, every single one of those drugs was once FDA approved. At one point, they told you they were safe and effective. Our standard, unfortunately, can no longer be the alphabet organizations, the CDC, the FDA, ACOG, you name it. You can't blindly trust that they are telling you the truth and that they're in it for your good. The moral of the story, doubt means don't. Rely on your God-given intuition and your God-given knowledge, and you'll know what to do. I get emails from you all frequently with questions about whether you should do this or that or the other. But let me tell you something, Mama. The truth is, you don't really need me. You already know. You may want encouragement, and you may want confirmation, and that's fine. I was the same way. I understand that. The feeling, just wanting to have somebody tell you that you're on the right path. I get that. But at the end of the day, you already know what the right thing is. And you can tell it. I can often tell it just by the tone of your email that you already know. But you have to learn to trust your God and to trust yourself and to stop letting fear and worry creep in and make you make decisions that you know in your gut are not the best ones. So that's how you avoid being a statistic. You trust your gut, you trust your God, and you do what you already know is the best thing. Because I know that you know. I know that you struggle with it, though, because of pressure from outside forces, but you know. You've got to be able to stand up and stand strong in your faith in Him against the grain because very often the right thing to do is not the popular thing and very often the right thing to do is not going to be what they're trying to push you to do. It's okay. Do the right thing anyway. I'll see you right back here next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.